Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. What's up, everybody? Yo, let's continue the process. It's your boy, Ralph Lark. Uh, it's week two of the NFL regular season, and it's Saturday, so let's get after it, y'all. Today, we'll review the Ravens and Bengals game from Thursday night, break down and react to what we saw there. Housekeeping! <laughs> I've got some more housekeeping notes to keep us grounded for week two. And reload. That's where all the magic happened last week, so we'll reload week two. Also, you don't want to miss as I go position by position with you Tiger Bombers so we can uncover some specific options for your DraftKings lineups on Sunday's main slate of games. But first, let's kick it off with our review of the Thursday night football game. Thursday night football, we were treated to the Baltimore Ravens uh, visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's play a little association here. See see if you know what I'm describing. Uh, To fail to perform effectively because of nervous agitation or tension so regularly in such a grand scale that one becomes synonymous with the word failure, usually in an athletic context. You know what that is? Here's more. Um, Usually used to describe a very talented person who fails under pressure. What am I describing? Uh, Here's a few more, just a few more clues, Tiger Bombers. A player that succeeds in playing so fantastically bad that he's considered a form of art. Someone who's incapable of competing effectively when the situation calls for it. Last clue, a player who makes a career of faltering in the clutch situation. Do you know? It's a choke artist. It's Andy Dalton. Well, prior to Thursday night, uh, that's the reputation he's earned for his play in primetime games. If you follow the Bengals, then you don't need to be reminded about the 5-14 and 14 record in primetime games Andy Dalton was sporting entering into Thursday night's game. But we knew something had to give in this contest, and we knew it because entering into the game, the Bengals were 7-2 against the Ravens in their last nine games. Well, the Red Rocket was able to fight the primetime monkey off his back for a night at least. Um, in fact, Dalton posted a stat line of 24 for 42 for 265 yards and three touchdowns against, again, no pick. This week, Tyler Boyd was able to rack up the stats, completing six catches on nine targets for 91 yards and a touchdown. While John Ross saw another week of just one catch, only this one didn't go for a touchdown. On the whole, the Bengals took care of business, defeating the Ravens 34-23. And they look good doing it too, um, thanks to their Crimson to Clover wide receiver quarterback duo. The Bengals were able to get ahead early and they never looked back. Um, The Bengals defense played really well too. They were up to the task. The secondary looked sharp, collecting two turnovers. And they really forced Flacco into some bad decisions by pressuring him often. Um, He just had a lot of late reaction time. That's never good from an aging dude. Um, Geno Adkins was a force to be reckoned with all night. You could just ask guard Marshall Yanda, who uh, should file charges on Geno for the way he abused him on Thursday night. Well, Yanda's not a slouch. He provided like little to no resistance. 
when coverage dictated a matchup with Atkins. Um, A.J. Green definitely has to be the story of the game, though. With those three first-half touchdowns, the Bengals made it a point to move Green around a bit and utilize him out of the slot in addition to this movement. Um, So the result, they were able to elicit one-on-one coverage in the slot for Green, thereby giving us an example of why A.J. Green commands so much attention and what could happen if he's allowed to receive one-on-one coverage. Also in the passing game, C.J. Uzoma played pretty well. Um, He was able to find himself some separation. He caught three of his four targets, but he just looks so much better than Tyler Eifert. Uzoma's quick and big, and Dalton didn't mind looking for him. And On the other hand, um, Tyler Eifert looked a little bit lethargic to me. The Ravens uh, did not look good. Their problems started early on defense. Um, C.J. Mosley was carted off the field and did not return to the game. Mosley plays an integral part in the offense, excuse me, in the middle of that defense. And when he isn't on the field, his presence is missed definitely. The Ravens seemed to get gassed and couldn't keep up with the pace of the Bengals out the gate. This defense couldn't get off the field. The Ravens got charged with four penalties on third down. Um, What's worse, three of those penalties extended drives, and three of the drives resulted in touchdowns. Flacco, for his part, played pretty poorly as well. He was hurried all night, which resulted in two uh, interceptions and some pretty bad decision-making. Even still, for our fantasy purposes, though, we got what we needed from Flacco. He threw for 377 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he went 32 for 55. Another 29 point for Joe. We also see that he's comfortable targeting the tight end no matter who they have in the game. Flacco started, um, well, he targeted the tight ends a total of 11 times. And these guys combined caught eight of those targets for 74 yards and a touchdown. I think it was Andrews that got the touchdown. Also, six of those catches went for first downs. This team has been money in the offensive red zone, and that continued tonight. Heading into the game, the Ravens were 8-for-8 in red zone trips this year, all resulting in touchdowns. They were able to keep it going Thursday night, and moving forward, you could expect the team to continue to take shots downfield to John Brown, who only caught four of his whopping 10 targets, for 92 yards and a touchdown. So all in all, it was a really good win for the Bengals, and we were once again reminded of the limitations of Joe Flacco. The lesson we should take away, though, is Flacco is usable. Alice Collins' owners do not fret. Every matchup isn't a great matchup. There's going to be softer ones for Mr. Collins. My main concern for him continues to be Buck Allen, who caught a touchdown out of the slot. He also... Pass protects a lot better than Alex Collins does. Um, Allen is waiting in the wings should Collins prove unfruitful. So if he's on your waiver wire and you're doing fine with injuries or depth, just you know pick up Buck Allen. He may be worth the bench spot for you. If you're a Collins owner, definitely grab Allen as uh, you'll want to have that handcuff. So that was our review of Thursday night's action. And now on to a little bit of housekeeping. Housekeeping. Me fluff pillow. Me fix your team. (laughs) Um, We definitely have some housekeeping notes. Uh, Tiger Bombers, I want you to start to think about some seasonal strategy that we'll go over now 
because this info can be impactful, but also this doesn't add up to meddling, right? Like needless meddling. We're tweaking, we're pruning our teams. So, you know, first thing is, yo, you got to stay on top of the injuries. You can go a million places to get injury reports, including www.tigerbombsae.com. You can usually set yourself up for alerts via apps on your phone about these injury updates because best case scenario, you can pick up waiver wire targets for yourself or block your opponents from getting key pieces. We should also remember to be uh, mindful of trades right now. I promise you, the, I promise you guys this, the best talent not on your team, not on your team. It ain't on the wire. It's on your opponent's team. This is the time to sell high and buy low to balance out any deficiencies you might have on your fantasy team. As the season goes on, I think people are less apt to make bigger trades. So why not try to take advantage of a good situation, especially when everyone is so waiver wire minded right now? Also, we have to use the wire when we need it by streaming week to week. Okay, now for some of you, that's not a new concept, but here's one that builds on that. You can definitely use your one IDP slot if you have it in your league to stream against your opponent's bell cow running back. That's right. Why not try to turn a negative situation into a positive for yourself? If you're going against Gurley this week, for example, you better think about picking up a Cardinals linebacker, maybe. With all the touches and attention Gurley commands, having one of the Cardinals' key tacklers provides a scenario where you could at least maybe get a point if your guy tackles the bell cow running running back. This is the easiest way to minimize the damage of that running back to you via points. The Cardinals don't have a great defense, but there are some worse defenses out there. Best case scenario in our example is the Rams march up and down the field with Gurley imposing his will, and then your defender grabs a handful of tackles. That's the only way I know of to turn 25 points from Gurley into 20. And the position is so neglected by everybody, that IDP you know, uh, position, that you could have your pick of many defenders each week. So stream a defender against the bell cow running back, Tiger Bombers. Another little housekeeping note. If you've drafted Fournette and he plays, I think you have to play him. You can't take this guy with your first pick. Knowing his history of being banged up, Nicked up. You can't take him with your first pick with that knowledge and then not play him because he's questionable. If you didn't want the headache, you shouldn't have drafted him because you know, due to the way he runs, Fournette is always going to stay hurt. We know this. I didn't want the headache. I stayed away in all my drafts. But if you have him, you got to play him. Um, Last little housekeeping note. Don't be so hard on yourselves. I see so many people get bent out of shape when their guy doesn't perform, but not as many people are watching all the games. I mean, you aren't seeing the penalties. I'm seeing them. And look, I'm sure in you know whatever games you are watching, you're seeing all the flags. I know it. So when you have a dud in your lineup um, before you go nuclear, Maybe just check a little more into what happened in the game. Could have been a zebra jacking your points, people. And those are your housekeeping notes. 
for week two. And now it's time for the process to reload. All right, Tiger Bombers, let's get into it. Our first game is the uh, my Finns visiting the Jets. And you know what? Um, <clears throat> I think their defense will continue to be underrated. We talked about last week the difference that Kiko Alonso makes when he's healthy in there versus not. I don't think most people who don't follow the team as closely as I do know about stuff like that. Um, but at any rate, he's in there. He's healthy. It's a difference-making sort of a deal. Um, one thing that we got to note from last week is he's, Tannehill's going to be under duress, okay? Um, he is going to not have a lot of time to throw. He had the least amount of time to throw in the whole league last week. So the Jets defense, you guys know I'm high on them. I'm very high on them again in this game. If you've gone to the website and checked out the game predictions, you know that I've got the Jets in this one, um, especially it being in New York. But he's going to be under pressure. I like the Jets D, but I like the Dolphins D too. Darnold uh, impressed a lot of people in the first week, but look, their defense played so well. Some of those drives were so short, okay? So when you look at it, from a score standpoint or a paper, it looks a little bit different. Like they weren't necessarily running up and down the field. I know there were some big plays here and there, but I just think that I'm mining into the Dolphins defense a little bit more. And Jarius Grant, I think he can emerge. I think he's going to be the guy. He seems pretty special. Um, I want to take a chance on him. Amendola let some people down last week. I know people are going back to that well again this week, um, but I'm really intrigued with what Jarius Grant can do. And especially if they're going to let him play in the slot. I like Crowell again, though. Um, although I like the Dolphins' defense, I do think that Crowell can bust a long play. Um, I do think that he can be fruitful again. Um, I do see him as getting a little bit more of the touches than Powell. Um, so that's, that's what I'm thinking about this game, Tiger Bombers. Reload. All right, our next game is the uh, Panthers at Falcons. Um, I think this game sees some offense. Um, there's well-documented information about how the Falcons like can't stop um, the opposing teams running back in the in the passing game, right? Like they can't stop uh, passes from out the backfield to the running back. It's like something that goes back two seasons now. It's absurd how susceptible they are to it. So for that reason, this is why you see McCaffrey, you know, being liked by a lot of people this week, and I like him too. But I really like Cam. Um, I like Funches as well. I think that he has a bigger game this week. Um, I love Julio. Julio always plays the Panthers well. I don't think that that stops this week. I don't know if he necessarily scores, but he could he could run down the field. And then as he'll draw so much attention, I like Sanu too. So I think they can really open it up. That's why I think there's going to be points there. And I think that the Panthers are going to have to play keep up. I think by design of the way that the Falcons defense is, it just lends to pass in this scenario. Um, so, but, but I do think because they're at home, the Falcons are going to win that one. Again, if you check out the predictions, you know that. Reload. Our next game is the Colts at the Redskins. And I like Andrew Luck in this game um, because the only way that they're going to be able to have a chance to keep up in this one is if he is the game general. So he has to do his thing. He has to move the ball up and down the field. It was a lot of dinks and dunks last week. Again, we talked about 
We don't know if that's because of his arm or if that's a design by the offensive, you know, system. But we're going to see more about that this week. And he's got to really produce. I like the tight ends, but I can't recommend one or the other because I like them in the dual sets that they use. And I just like that um, both of their options are there. I think much like how we talked about with the Ravens tight ends, I think they're going to dual have a good game. Right. But I couldn't say one destroys and the other doesn't. I do like Ebron to get the touchdown more again, maybe. But uh, I like that combination of luck and his tight ends there. Um, I like Alex Smith again, too. I think that he can also have a good game. Um, uh, He thrived, just like we said last week. He thrived in that offense, in that scheme. And I think that he's going to be able to pick apart this Colts defense. I like Jordan Reed again, too. The short passing game, if you look at last week, um, I think Alex Smith uh, had the one of the lowest um, attempted yards per pass, if that makes sense to you. OK, so he's not he wasn't looking to air it out downfield again. They had a lot of success, though. So I like that intermediate passing game. I like Jordan Reed right there. Um And then I'm just a little bit down on the wide receivers. We don't know who's going to emerge out there yet. But I do think they win that one. Reload. Next game is the Texans at the Titans. Um, Surprisingly, last week, um, Watson had a lot of time to throw. I think he'll have a lot of time to throw again this week. We'll see how the Titans play it. um, Because it's a scenario where you know he can run, so you can't really rush him. Right. Like, remember that. So you have to kind of sit back a little bit. He will have time to throw. It's all about whether you can um, disguise your schemes and sort of confuse him. Um, But I just don't think that the Texans are going. They they may try to mimic what Belichick was doing, but I don't think they're going to have success doing it. Okay, so what I envision is Hopkins can have a good game. Fuller can have a good game. I do think Fuller is going to see a lot of the under attention. He seems healthy, ready to roll. He's off of the injury uh, report. Um, I like Deion Lewis uh, a little bit more than Henry because they're going to be playing from behind, I think. So they're going to have to incorporate more of the passing game. He looked really good if you watch the game last week. Um, He looked really, really good. And uh, Corey Davis, uh, if um, if he can catch the ball because he'll be heavily targeted, um, then I like him, but he needs to convert more. He just dropped some passes last week. I don't know what's going on with him. You guys can tell almost never. I mean, I don't, he's in good spots, but he can't seem to produce is the point right there. Okay. Uh, reload. Next game is the Eagles at the Buccaneers. The Eagles are on the road. I think the defense shows up. A lot of people are liking the Bucks offense after last week, but I don't think it runs like that again for them. Um, Jackson is going to play. Um, I don't think, I don't think they're going to beat Philly deep. So I like him for Tampa Bay underneath in the slot, just like again last week. Um, I do like Mike Wallace on the other side of the ball because I do think that the Eagles will try to go over the top and he's the guy that you use to stretch the field. Um, from last Thursday, he saw some targets. He couldn't convert. I think he can convert some of those this week. Um, I like Jay Ajayi this week. He's going to get the goal line work. He can also catch those few passes. I really like him. And Ertz and Foles, too, because the Eagles will be able to put up some points here. Um, I like that connection. I think they're going to be able to find Ertz, especially at the short uh, goal line work scenario. Um, 
And I think that uh, obviously they're going to win the game, but it's going to be a tough day for the Buccaneers. Reload. All right, next game is the uh, Chiefs at the Steelers. I think there's going to be a lot of offense here. I do like Big Ben. I also like Pat Mahomes here too. I think that he's going to be able, like both these teams are playing what I think are inferior secondaries. So I think that Mahomes can and Tyreek Hill will definitely be able to get behind the, the Steelers. And on the other side of the ball, Ben's playing. We know that. I like him and Brown. We talked about last week the uptick in usage for Brown when you don't have um, Le'Veon Bell on the field. I do like Juju Smith-Schuster as well because, again, the up, like I think it's a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot of passing. I like uh, what he can do because the Chiefs are just not, gonna, not good in the secondary. That's going to break down. They have deficiencies that will come out, I'm sure of it. On the other side from Mahomes, I, I like Kelsey. I think that he uses him more this week. I think this is a good matchup for him. And uh, I'm not sold on either running game going ballistic this week, just literally based on the fact that, um, I, I again, the flow of pace, I just think more is uh, indicative of pass. So, you know, can they produce double-digit fantasy points both running backs? Yes, but um, I just, I you know, I think they both catch a few passes, do some runs, but it's not going to be a big week for Connor like last week, and it's not going to be a bust week for Hunt like last week either. They'll both be kind of middle of the road, if you ask me. Reload. All right, our next game is the Chargers at the Bills, and look, I there is a thing. Okay, and this is always taken into account with Vegas betting and all that stuff, too. You know, it's a well-documented teams that are traveling to the West Coast to play East Coast teams. Okay, they struggle sometimes because of the difference in timing. Look, I'm I'm out in Los Angeles. I think about, you know, going to play a noon game if you're out, you know, playing, say, in Buffalo. Right. Like the like the L.A. Chargers are. That is an extreme difference in time. Okay, you're talking about what, three hours difference? Um, so think about that. A noon game on the East Coast equates to a 9 a.m. game on the West Coast. Your body is not used to that. So there is a thing there, and we've seen teams falter because of that. I know um, that only goes so far. The Chargers still will win this game. But because of things like that, and I just think that this game will be dictated by running. The Bills are so susceptible to the run right up the middle. I think the Chargers want to run the ball. They like running the ball a lot with Gordon, whether it's successful or not. So I think they will run and be successful. I like Gordon. I like Old Man Gates getting a touchdown this week um, because of short goal line work. But I think that they can just kind of run some clock. I don't see a lot from the Bills. They got Allen starting. I mean, I don't know how well that's going to go. They release Curly. Um, I, I think Andre Holmes gets moved up. I There's not a lot there. I guess you can go Charles Clay on the other side, but I don't know. I'd be worried for that team. But just because of the um, the time differences and stuff like that, I the Chargers win. They do it fairly handily, but it's not just going to be like 40 to 7 to nothing again. Promise you that. Reload. All right. Our next game is the Vikings at the Packers. Now, I'll tell you this, Tiger Bombers. The script for this game truly depends on if Aaron Rodgers plays. And they practiced on Saturday. He's still questionable. He practiced, he, not full, but he got some practice in. So here's what I got to say about this game. If Rodgers doesn't play, then I like Dalvin Cook. Okay? Um, if Rodgers plays, then I like 
Diggs. I like Cousins. I like Thielen. Because I think we're going to be in a thing of trying to score some points here. If Rodgers plays, but Devontae Adams does not play, then I like Allison. Geronimo Allison will be the beneficiary of no Adams. Okay? Last scenario. If there's no Aaron Rodgers and if there's no Devontae Adams, then I just like the Vikings defense. And on the other side, like I said at the beginning, I like Cook, right? So, so it'd be the Vikings defense and Cook. Okay. So that's what we like depending on what happens there. Reload. Our next contest is the Browns at the Saints. We just found out that Josh Gordon is out. Um, so that changes things a little bit. I do still like Breeze. I like Kamara. Um, I also like, and can I just say that Breeze is going to be able to get the ball out quick, and he's going to have to because they're on the line for um, the the Browns. He rushes quickly. He gets there quickly. Like within, I'm talking about in less than two seconds quickly. You don't have a lot of reaction time when he's at his quickest. So I do like Breeze. I think that to get it out quickly, he may have to dump down to Kamara. I think that the Browns will be really susceptible to those type of plays. So I like that connection there. Um, Michael Thomas has been fighting an illness. And so I do like Ginn to step up. Um, Even if he's out there, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully we can get some more information about that, but he's been fairly sick, I understand. I don't know. I'll try to get some more, maybe tweet it to you guys, but I like Ken. Um, And then also I like Jarvis Landry Um, on the other side. I know I made that pick when I thought Gordon was playing. I thought he'd draw a lot more attention and Landry could produce, but even still, look, this is kind of a little homecoming. Landry played at LSU. Um, I think he's going to have a fair amount of family there. He's a showman. He's going to want to show out. Y'all feel me? So I like him. So I like Tyrod again. Um, They're going to have to try to score points to keep up with the Saints. Um, And then there's no Gordon, as I just reminded you. Reload. Uh, Another game uh, coming up that uh, this is going to be a shootout is the Lions and Niners. I like this game for a lot of points. I don't like either defenses particularly. Um, I like Stafford and Marvin Jones for sure. Um, I think Jones can stretch the defense and possibly come up with one of his patented big downfield touchdown plays. Maybe have one of his, you know, because he's a boomer bust guy, right? But I think this could maybe be one of those weeks where he has those two touchdowns, right? Um, I like Jimmy G on the other side of the ball. Again, I talked about on the rewind play or show how he didn't play too poorly against the Vikings. They're just really, really good. Um, Yes, there were some mistakes, but that's a really good defense. This is not as good of a defense. He's going to have a really good day for himself. I like Kittle, especially with the news of Goodwin being out. Kittle, for our daily fantasy purposes, is going to be very, very chucky. But um, in terms of your seasonal, very good option there. And I like Breida, too, because I like him more than Alf Morris. He provides more in the passing game. I talked about the points that are going to be had here. He's just more versatile. I don't care what they say as a coaching staff and everything. As it goes along, they're going to discover what I already know, and that's that Breida is a better option than old man Morris, y'all. Reload. Our next game is the Cardinals at the Rams, and... Uh, I like Ricky Seals-Jones in this game. I thought I was going to be sneaky there because I think the way to beat or the way to attack the Rams defense is definitely through the tight end. We saw what Jared Cook did last week, carved him up for 180 yards. Pretty absurd. I think he had eight receptions doing that. So 
Ricky Seals-Jones was also heavily targeted last week for the Cardinals, too. They don't have a lot of weapons. So, um, yeah, all that dictates to me that they'll go try to Bradford will look for him again. I think he's going to look for DJ, too. I like the I like DJ to have more of a chance as a pass catcher than a runner. They're going to stuff the run more, but he can still get his numbers through the passing game. Those will be the primary pass catchers. Larry Fitz, DJ Johnson and Ricky Seals Jones. I do like um, and I like them because they're going to be trying to keep up, of course. Right. I like um, Gurley on the other side of the ball. I like Brandon Cooks. He had a big game last week. I think he can do it again. Um, I don't mind Jared Goff. He has so many options. He can just pepper it. He's not on my sheet. I'm adding him sort of last minute. But um, definitely Gurley. I like Cooks. Reload. Our next game is the Patriots going to visit the Jaguars. Um, I, If you've looked at the predictions, I have this as the Patriots. I think this will be a close one. Um, but the Patriots can win. They can beat the spread. Um, I think they will like everything. They want to take away what you do best. And so I think they're going to try to take away the run from the Jaguars. We know that Fournette's banged up. Um, so I really like ASJ. Okay. I think that the Jags will have to pass and they don't have a lot of options that I think we can depend on as far as the receivers go. Um, and I think that ASJ is going to be the beneficiary. I like James White, not to rack up a whole bunch of yards, but because uh, we know the Jags have a tough defense, but he will get in the end zone, I think. Um, I think Brady can pass it to him, or he can just go line touch, get it in there. Um, I think Brady wins, but his numbers won't be stellar. Like, he'll be middle of the road, but he's going to get it done. Reload. Um, and then our next game is the Raiders at the Broncos. I like Cook, Jared Cook again. Um, they are facing the Broncos again, another team that is has a very tough defense and are, again, most susceptible at the tight end position. So I, they obviously were able to do it last week. I don't know why they try to go away from it. I like their chances again to be able to do it. I like Case Keenum. Um, he did exactly what we thought he could do last week, minus the three picks. I only guess three picks this week. I like him. Keenum looks really good in this offense. I like Emmanuel Sanders. We talked about it. We talked about it. The key to this thing is Sutton. As long as he's healthy and playing the outside and drawing attention, we really like Emmanuel Sanders. And I like Demarius Thomas, too. Too many weapons for Keenum. The Raiders are in trouble right here. Uh, Reload. Next game is the Giants at the Cowboys. And I do like Zeke Elliott. Uh, they don't have a lot of options, the Cowboys. He gets the touches, and I think that he's going to be fruitful for fantasy owners. On the other side of the ball, I like Saquon Barkley. This would be a less uphill battle than what he faced last week. The Giant, or the Cowboys still have a decent defensive line, but this is not the team that people are thinking of them as. They have a lot of holes on this team. The Giants are a much better team than people are giving them credit for. I like Saquon. I like Eli Manning this week. Told you we'll be going to him when they're not playing teams like the Jaguars. I like OBJ this week. Um, and I also think that the Giants are pretty susceptible against the tight end, but just nobody's emerged really for Dallas yet that can consistently catch at that spot. So I, I don't know what to expect from them there, but those are my picks for that game. And then our final shot, reload. Uh, the Monday night game, the Seahawks at the Bears. Look, Russ Wilson is going to do his Russ Wilson. He's going to run around all crazy and somehow become fantasy gold. 
Uh, we know the whole storyline with Marshall going back to Chicago. We touched on that earlier in the week as well here on, uh, T- on Tiger Bomb. But um, the process. Look, they. I think that that's all they have. That is all they have. The Bears are going to stuff the run. Uh, he's going to be excited to, you know, stick it to the Bears in Chicago. The, he was always a fan favorite. The way he left was unceremoniously. Alshon Jeffries was upset about it. Um, it's a part of the reason that he left. He had a big affinity for Marshall, who helped him come along as a receiver. And, you know, he was he they they knew the Bears that he didn't want them to uh, let Marshall go. And it was all handled in a weird kind of Chicago politics style way um there's a lot of bad blood there he is very much a lot of incentive as the number one to come out and do it okay on the other side of the ball I like Howard Seahawks aren't going to be able to stop the run that's not the team that you think they are anymore on that side of the ball we touched on that last week I like him I like Trey Burton at the intermediate level passing game Trubisky I don't know they're still having issues airing it out down the field um so I'm not going to recommend Allen Robinson but I do like uh Burton and I like Tariq Cohen for those passes out of the backfield this week too so both running backs and the tight end and that is our reload segment hopefully you guys enjoy the reload segment tiger bombers now on to the uh, dfs main slate picks for sunday so we can wrap up this week's show uh, I'm basically just going to run down position by position in terms of how they, you know, incorporate a lineup on DraftKings. So we'll go through each slot and I'll give you my picks and their prices. Um, so you'll see some higher end picks, some lower end picks. And the work is still up to you guys to mix it all in there and build the lineup yourself. It's not to say, oh, here's my lineup build and you go copy it. No, I'm empowering you guys to build your own lineups. I'm going to give you some solid options, but ultimately you want to be the master of your own team. We want to help you become a better player, hopefully the best player. If so, more power to you. But ultimately what I can promise you is my team on Sundays or whatever teams that I come up with, whether it's one, two or three, those will be comprised of uh, players that I'm naming to you right now. So the theme you'll see is I'm probably going to pay up at wide receiver. Um, and so I'm going to try to pay down to some of these other positions to do so. But there's a lot of value still on DK, even though some players have moved up in price. We can still build some really solid lineups this week. So here are my options that you should consider. Starting it off at quarterback, I really like Case Keenum at $5,800. We talked about what I expect there in the reload segment. I like Jimmy G at $6,000 and Stafford at $6,100 and and that shootout is another viable option. And I'll round out my fourth and final QB choice with Pat Mahomes at $6,100 against the Steelers. Those would be my QB choices. At running back, I think Kamara is a nice cash uh, game only play. He's $9,500, so yes, he's very expensive. Guys, that price may even go up still. Um, He's still worth almost every penny of that. It's a way to get contrarian in your cash games because we know he's a good player, but at that price point, people will be scared and so maybe not want to play him. So if you want to play him, there are other running back options to pair him with that you could pay down for, certainly, right? Um, But just in the cash game scenario, I like Melvin Gordon at the 7,400 price point on the high end too. Now from there, we'll we'll stay under 7,000. Connor, again, 6,700. 
I talked about what kind of value he can return in that reload segment there. Um, initially, guys, I had Adrian Peterson here at 5,500, but I'm going to say the better play is Chris Thompson at 5,900. If you watch that game from last week, Thompson was the better runner. He was. I, I looked at it. You can go back and look at it. You can catch the game rewind on NFL.com or go to their YouTube channel or something. But Thompson outplayed him. He looked better. He caught the passes. Um, I like his role more, and I'm not a Thompson guy, but look, it, it, he's healthy, and as long as he stays healthy, I talked about the breakdown of Peterson over time, and I've recommended him over the next two weeks, so you can still play him at $5,500, but me personally, I promise you, I don't know if I'm going to play Peterson at all this week, but I am definitely locking in Chris Thompson at $5,900 against the Colts. This dude has a chance to have another really good week. I like Brita in that shootout at $4,800, and I think Crowell is still underpriced at $4,600 on DK. Those are my running back choices. And on to wide receiver. So at the top, I, again, I mentioned I wanted to kind of pay up here, so I will pay down in other places. I like Brown at $8,800. Some people are going to be scared off by that. Not me, not us Tiger Bombers. He's still good value. I like Julio at 8400 That Panthers defense, people are going to be scared off on that. And then, and then the price combined with that information are going to leave him a little less highly owned uh, than usual. So we really like that. I talked about how he plays the Panthers usually and beats up on them. I want to take advantage of that. I like Juju Smith-Schuster at $6,400. I think he has really good value right there. Jarvis Landry at $6,300 is good value. I love Emmanuel Sanders at $6,200, as well as Demarius Thomas at $5,600 on DK. And then Will Fuller is good value at $5,300. And from there, we can start to um, get some guys that are maybe more GPP-oriented, but still really good value. Kenny Galladay at $4,800, along with Ted Ginn at $4,800. I think those guys have a chance to have really good days um, and good offensive uh, scenarios for Sunday. And uh, Funches at $4,700. And then Dante Pettis. We know that Marquise Goodwin is out. He's a cash game play only. He's going to be so popular. But at $4,000, I do like Pettis. And then my final wide receiver is going to be Grant uh, in Miami. Again, $3,900. Going to be low owned. I told you I liked him in the reload segment. Um, Certain to make one of my lineups this Sunday. And then on to the tight end here, guys. Um, Paying up for Gronk is a good idea, I think, this week. I don't know how contrarian or chalky it's going to be. I haven't determined that yet, I don't think. Uh, And I'm moving towards a little bit of a... I don't know. I don't know. But what I can tell you is this. They will need him to beat the Jaguars. And they're going to beat the Jaguars. And that's the place that they have the most... um, of a mismatch their receivers are going to get bullied by the jacksonville corners in my opinion the run game is going to get stuffed where else do you go you have the best tight end in the league they're going to force the issue right there and he's big he might get hurt (laughs) he might get hurt and i'm gonna knock on some wood there he might get hurt but um i think gronk is a good play at seven thousand. even i do like Ertz at 6100 we mentioned uh, Cook in the reload segment from Oakland. Jared Cook, I like him at $3,600. I also like Kittle at $3,800. I really like Reed in the intermediate passing game in Washington at $5,000 on DK. And then ASJ at $3,200 playing against the Patriots. We talked about that also earlier. I love him. 
at $3,200. Um, and then only a cash game play because he's so cheap and he's going to be so popular. But this is like Connor from last week. You can put him in your GPP if you want to and just differentiate in other ways. And we talked about how you would do that. And we know how critical this information was as a tip last week. So Ricky Seals-Jones for Arizona at $2,900. That is the free square this week. And then lastly, um, for, for DK values, the defenses, I do like the Rams at $3,700. They're going to force turnovers, I think. I like Denver at $3,300. And then um, whether, whether Rodgers plays or not, I think the Vikings have a lot of value at $2,600. Um, I am very much interested right there. And then the Jets at $2,500. I think they win this game which is why I don't have the Miami defense recommended here. So I'll just say the Jets over, over the Miami one. But $2,500 is a steal. You can take Miami if you're looking for upside in the GPP. I do think they can force some turnovers. Um, but yeah, I like, I like the Jets down there definitely at $2,500. Those are my DFS picks for this week for the DK slate. So that's who I'm rolling with. If you got any questions, obviously you can reach out to me on Twitter at... Um, at the process tbsae and uh good luck guys so that's it i hope you all enjoyed the saturday week two episode now go set some killer lineups already and as always you can email us here at the process at tigerbombsae.com you can also tweet the process our twitter handle is at the process tbsae so if you're looking for a quick answer or have some stardom, sit woes, just hit us up. You can find this podcast on our website at www.tigerbombsae.com. Click on the process page to listen, and you can also see the other info that will be available on the site weekly during the regular season. You can also find this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.